Thank you for downloading this podcast and welcome to Arrow Bandwidth, the podcast to help the channel better understand the trends, technologies and concepts that are facing the IT industry today. I'm your host, David Fern, and we hope you enjoy this Arrow production. And please subscribe. Thanks. Hi, and welcome to this special Arrow Bandwidth, day one from Infosec. Uh, we are in our Arrow retreat in the uh, Hilton Kensington, not to be confused with the Hilton Olympia. Everyone who came to us on day one will know what I mean by that. And I am joined, I'm honoured to be joined by my Infosec co-host, Haidar. Haidar, would you like to introduce yourself? Thank you for the intro, David. My name is Haider Nergis, and I'm the business group manager for Arrow, working out of our new market office. Fantastic. For Arrow, the whole of Arrow? Uh, Arrow UK, for, but <laughs> soon to be the whole of Arrow. <laughs> He's taking over the world, guys. So, yeah, um, obviously Rich couldn't be here today. Well, not obviously, but Rich couldn't be here today. He's actually on holiday. And plus, we felt that having someone who actually knew the first thing about security um, might be advantageous at InfoSec. So yeah, you'll be long later. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and also a dry sense of humour is, I think, going to be needed over these next two days. So, to give you a basic uh, introduction to what we're doing, the idea of our coverage from InfoSec is to try and give you a little bit of uh, a feeling and a sort of um, an idea of what InfoSec was like. Um, we can have loads of vendors, loads of partners, um, general discussion. You know, it's going to be a, a good interesting two days worth of podcasts so hold tight hang in there and uh yeah we'll have our first um sort of uh, interview on soon so yeah thank you very much hey dave how you Hi doing dave. i'm very well david how are you i'm good i'm good i'm good now dave didn't expect to see you here today so please introduce yourself and i'm going to ask you uh why, why are you here? Hi, David. I'm uh, David Willey. I'm the business sector manager for the Software Defined Data Center. Awesome. In Arrow, obviously. Within Arrow. Fantastic. So, Software Defined Data Center, InfoSec, what's the link? So, it's been a while since I've been to InfoSec. I, I came from a security background from a, a year gone past. Um, but this year, with VMware's NSX product and its integration with, te with security technologies such as Trend Micro, it gave me a great opportunity to come and and see what's changed. Perfect, perfect. So what are the sort of latest developments in the software-defined arena around security? I mean, what are we seeing? Are we seeing a lot of adoption? Are we seeing it being taken up by our partners? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the micro-segmentation is one of the, the, the key reasons why customers are looking at VMware and SX. So, you know, we've gone to market um, thus far with Trend Micro, but are looking at links into the likes of Intel Security as well. Yeah, awesome. So what have I... Um, have you been to the show so far? Yeah, I've been to the show. I had a wander around for a couple of hours today. It's a bit warm, so I thought I'd um, take take some time out. And come yeah, we here. wouldn't know we're uh, we're stuck in the deepest, darkest depths of a uh, of a conference room in the Hilton. So uh, could be light, could be dark, could be raining, could be snowing. For all I know, it's beautiful. Um, <laughs> thanks, mate. I really appreciate that. So, um, from a perspective of of what you've got out, what have you uh, what have you got out of Infosec today? Have you seen anything interesting, new, different? To be honest, today for me, we're just, just reconnecting with partners of old um, and looking for partners of new that kind of, um, you know, VMware have got quite a big stand there today for NSX and Airwatch. Fantastic. So I want to spend a bit of time on their stand and, and head over to, to meet the guys from the likes of Trend as well today. Brilliant. And what does the ecosystem look like outside of Trend for, for NSX? I mean, uh, 
we hear a lot of a lot of news about you know the ever sort of evolving um, ecosystem. What's the sort of ecosystem plays we have in Arrow for uh, for, for NSX? Well, the key ones uh, certainly within the software defined data center team at Arrow includes the likes of Arista. We, we're just about to run an event uh, with Juniper as well. Uh, Trend Micro fits in there very well. Brilliant. We're looking at the likes of Intel Security. Um, we, we also started to combine it with some of our techno storage technologies as well. So the likes of Pure Storage is coming up shortly too. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, Dave, thank you very, very much. I hope you enjoy the rest of the day and uh, yeah, have fun. Thank you very much. Cheers, mate. Bye. I'm Alex Kennedy, business manager at Arrow ECF. I'm spending some time wandering around InfoSec today, talking to some of our partners, vendors, and anyone unsuspecting who is silly enough to stop when they see me with my pink microphone. Um, just asking them how they're getting on, what they're enjoying about the day, what they're looking for, um, and anything else that they want to talk about, really. Let's go. So um, I'm with Carl Leonard from Forcepoint. We've just stopped by the stand to catch up, see how the day's going. Please, so far. Hello, Alex. Yes, uh, this is a really busy event, as we'd always expect. Yeah. Happy to be on the Forcepoint stand. And have you been? Have you manned the stand with Forcepoint before? Is this a new event for you? Or I, I am an InfoSec regular. Ah, I have to say. Okay. Uh, been with their company for for many a good year now, um, and yeah, I'm talking about the discoveries of our security labs. Wow. Here okay. At Forcepoint. Um, we have uh, multiple talks throughout the day. Um, we're going to be talking about Jaku. This is a botnet that, uh, for a white paper, okay. that we released on the 4th of May. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a global botnet. Uh, we're going to go into detail. We're, we're lucky enough to have Andrew, Andrew Settle, Andy. He's going to be taking people through that today. I'll be taking people through that uh, tomorrow as well. Um, so people should pop by and, and see that as well. Uh, to re really unveil what the threat landscape looks like and how people should better protect themselves. Excellent, excellent. And um, what are you guys trying to take out of this? What's important for you in the event? We're, we're certainly trying to uh, let people know about Forcepoint. Forcepoint is a, is a new company. We launched only in January. So this is really our, our first big showcase for Europe at a security conference to let people know what we stand for, what we're all about and how we can protect people, empower businesses to fight off insider threat and external threat, um, how they can embrace cloud platforms as well, especially Office 365. Uh, and my role in all of this is to uh, explain to people the type of threats that they're up against in today's very threat landscape. Um, tomorrow, well, uh, Wednesday, we're, we're doing a Twitter takeover. Uh, you can ask me a live question, if you like, from 11 a.m., UK time, uh, and that will be the hashtag AskInfosec16, if people want to participate in that. Brilliant. So that's at 11 o'clock on Wednesday. Absolutely. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, welcome back. Uh, we have another interviewee. Thankfully, thankfully, my technical co-host, Alex, is, uh, is reeling him in. So... Please, yeah. if you'd like to introduce yourself, that would be fantastic. Yeah, thanks, guys. So my name is Sean Newman. Uh, I work for a company called Carrero Network Security. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm director of product management. Uh, and we focus on uh, denial of service protection. 
and we have uh, a kind of a different approach. You know, denial of service has been around for a long while, and denial of service attacks probably have a history of 20 plus years. Um, they probably died down maybe for a few years, but if you look over the last five years plus, there's been a, a, a resurgence, I'd say. And you know, in line with the whole change in the threat landscape and attackers getting much more sophisticated over the last two, three, four, five years, yep. um, those same attackers are now you know, doing DDoS attacks as well as, and using those as part of their sort of advanced targeted attacks. So they're doing their DDoS attacks in a different way than they did before. Historically, you just send a really big attack, fill up the whole network connection mm. into an organization for a long period of time, and that would be the denial of service attack. So uh, what's it look like today then? Well, today it's, it's, much more, um, it's much more precision. They don't, they don't treat the denial of service as just blocking up the pipe that's going into the organization. They know what the target is within the organization that they're after, and they know how much traffic of what type they need to send to that target, a particular server, you know, running a particular wow. application. And it's like you know, surgical DDoS, I think, is a, probably a good way of describing it. I didn't even, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I put my hands too. up and said I didn't even know that existed. Yeah. That's it's, insane. It's, it's funny, because in the, in the news you always hear about this massive attack and this amount of gigabytes of bandwidth, but you don't actually understand, uh, well, understand that it's changing. Right, and, and you, still get, you, know, you still get some of those big attacks. You know, for example, you know, the, the Talk Talk hack that happened late last year, yeah. you know, a DDoS was part of that, and the, and the DDoS attack was used as a smokescreen. Um, so you still get bigger attacks that, that do take the headlines, but uh, in, in our experience, and yeah, we've been doing DDoS for quite a while now, you look across our customer base, those big saturating attacks are a small percentage, typically less than 1% of all the DDoS attacks that go on. If you look at the attacks that are less saturating, you know, the, these surgical attacks are either shorter duration or lower volume, but they're, you know, they're a significant increase over the normal traffic, but they don't fill the whole pipe. Typically... Um, well, that's you know 99% of the attacks are those, and most of the attacks we see over 80% or so are less than 20 minutes in duration. Just to give you an idea, you know they're not trying to do it for hours on wow. end, uh, and probably 90% of those are less than one gigabit in size. So you hear all these numbers of things like the Talk Talk attack when they're saying, you know, it was like hundreds of gigabits <laughs> of of attack traffic. You know, you don't actually need to do that. If you're a smart attacker that knows about the organization mm. that you're trying to do this denial of service attack on, and you know what the specific target is with inside that organization, the server, the application server, whatever it happens to be, you, you, know, you don't have to generate those massive volumes. So it makes it, it, makes it easier to generate the attacks because you haven't got to herd some huge botnet and fire, you know, have hundreds and hundreds of, of computers out oh. on the internet all firing traffic at the same time. Uh, so it makes it easy to do it, and you can yeah, do it for a much shorter period of time. And by doing that, you can actually go under the radar of traditional DDoS solutions. So that's, that's yeah. why we kind of have a different approach, and our approach is sitting in line so that we can see all the traffic. So there's a, it's, it's an interesting angle, and I could imagine that well, if, because it's only for, say, 20 minutes, um, it doesn't cost them as, as much as to ca carry it out as well, isn't it? Right, absolutely. You haven't got to you haven't got to consume huge amounts of resources. You know, maybe you you, know, you have to pay a botnet herder or whatever to use a large botnet to launch hundreds botnet of botnet herder. <laughs> yeah. Wow, <laughs> that's a good term. I have no, that is fantastic. No, I, just I love that. In yeah. No, that's brilliant. <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> and so actually, very very accurate. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, sorry, that's my background in advanced malware. I was about to say before back, I was background. I was botnet herder back in the day. <laughs> I was a herder. <laughs> yeah. I flipped over from the dark side. Yeah. Um, if 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 the landscape is changing that much then that you need to attack something within 20 minutes. How do you deal with it then? 
So typical approach to DDoS has been you use monitoring. You have like a spam port on your edge routers and, and you, you know, take the net flow statistics from those and you have software that kind of monitors those traffic flows looking for anomalies. Mm. And then when you see traffic that looks like it is a, a or looks at looks different from the normal traffic and, and could be a DOS attack, you typically do a, like a route change. So you put a, like a BGP route injection in and move that traffic to some devices which the traffic can go through and it can then try and scrub the DDoS traffic. But you're only... That only really works for these big, long-duration attacks. Yeah, for the sin, sin, sin type attacks. Yeah, sin floods yeah. and things like that. Sin floods, uh, DNS reflection attacks, yeah. NTP server reflection attacks, all of those sort of big volume attacks. Yeah, they need to be over a certain threshold and for over a certain period of time to okay. make it worthwhile steering the traffic. The short attacks, these surgical ones, by the time the conventional approach has steered them and tried to scrub them, the attack's long gone. Yeah, no, completely. Completely. So, I mean, what's the solution that you guys have to, to, to fixing the problem then? So, we've, we've effectively turned the solution on its head. We've, we've produced a box which can sit in line with a 10 gigabit link that's mm. high performance but affordable. And you basically sit it in line with all your 10 gig internet facing links. Yeah. So, our sort of tar- typical target customers have typical target customers have like multiple 10 gigabit links which could be an enterprise or if it's a tier one or tier two tier three hosting provider you know they have multiple transit and peering links out to the internet those typically are 10 gigabit links one of our boxes in each of those a single management platform that pushes down the policy to each of those boxes and then each box works on its own to look for and basically take out that ddos traffic as it sees it in fantastic that's cool that's, That's brilliant, cool. yeah. And, uh, well, coming to these things, coming to these sort of events is all about learning things you didn't know. And do you know what? I'm really, I'm learning. I'm really learning. So, it's, I mean, yeah. yeah it, it's so nice to hear that, well, uh, 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 a problem that everybody thought you understood has all of a sudden changed and you need to change with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I had the same opinion, actually. I have... Uh, I've only worked for, for Carrera for a short period of time. Prior to that, I was at uh, Sourcefire and Cisco, and I was doing an IPS Next Generation Firewall oh, okay. there. And, and my perception of DDoS was probably like you guys was, you know, big pipe-filling, long attacks. Yeah. Uh, and when um, the guys that worked for Carrera came, came to me and said, you know, do you want to come and run product management for us? They went through this same story of telling me about how the product works and how it's different from what's been done before and what the reality is of DDoS attacks today yeah. compared to what they were 10 years ago. And I had the same reaction. So, so I mean, it's one of the biggest problems you have, sort of just get making people aware to the threat and making people aware to the risk that, that you guys are mitigating. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, there really is a, you know, getting the message out and a, and a re-education process. You know, the majority uh, of security professionals will you know, have this perception of DDoS as it was you know, five plus years ago yeah. uh, and, uh, and helping them to understand how that threat, how the, how the threat, the change, general change in the threat landscape has also impacted what you would traditionally think is a DDoS attack. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's a big part of our challenge at the moment. Fantastic, fantastic. It's well, great. Sean, really appreciate you coming on. Thank okay. you very much for your time. No, my pleasure. And, Thanks uh, for inviting me. Yeah, I hope me. you have a really good, uh, really good uh, time on the show. What uh, do you have a stand? Do you have a? Yeah, we're on E two eighty. We're um, yeah, we're sort of uh, towards the back, in in the in the lower headroom, nicely cooled, air conditioned area. If hey. you want to come around, because the front <laughs> is boiling one. up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. Well, if you're there on, so this is going out 
on Wednesday. If you're there Wednesday or Thursday, go and visit them. Yeah, we're there all week. Thanks. Brilliant. Hey, thank, thank, thank you very, you very much. much. Cheers. Bye. So I'm just hijacking Gail Carpenter, who Hello. works at NCT. Hello. Have you just walked in? I walked in about 10 minutes ago. And your first 10 minute impressions? It's actually really busy, very hot. Yeah, um, very hot. But yeah, no, it's buzzing actually. I think the first morning I always is at InfoSec. And anywhere you're particularly headed, any must stops for you? Um, we don't run our vendors, so F5, Checkpoint, um, we're outside Bluecoat, who are one of our vendors as well. Excellent. Um, but we have a pub down the road that our customers will be coming to after they've gone to InfoSec. I like it. And you're very welcome to join us, Alex. Thank you very much. Going to need a nice cold beer, I think, after Absolutely. this. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Gail. We're back, so uh, I've managed to get quite a cohort for the next uh, for the next interview. So, without further ado, I'm going to hand it over. I don't know who wants to start. I've got four people sitting in front of me. Let's start with uh, with Dean. Dean, introduce yourself. What's your name? Where you come from? Hi, David. I'm Dean Strutton, and I'm the UK distribution manager for Brocade. Awesome. Um, yep. And excited to be here with my Arrow colleagues today and. Uh, talking about the uh, excitement around the ruckus acquisition that was recently announced. Fantastic, fantastic. So if we go uh, clockwise, counterclockwise, whichever that way is, counterclockwise. Not the most sort of uh, <laughs> the useful sort of uh, piece of description for everyone listening, but hey-ho. Hi, I'm Steve. Uh, I'm the business group manager at Arrow for Ruckus. Uh, again, very excited to be meeting our Brocade colleagues, um, as we're now excitingly and uh, exclusively the only UK distributor that's able to offer both Ruckus and Brocade. You heard it here first, people. Hi, and I'm Mark Russell. Uh, I'm the business sector manager for the Brocade business within Arrow. Um, without repeating what everyone else has said, massively excited about the meeting we've just had and um, talking around how we're going to integrate to um, deliver out to the channel. Fantastic, and last but by no means least. Uh, I'm Sean Reese. I am the business development manager for the Ruckus Wireless team at Arrow. Um, yeah, just power everybody else, but had some really good conversations around the Brocade um, acquisition of Ruckus. Uh, excited to have a message to take out to our partners. Perfect. So I feel quite honoured. I feel like we've got a little bit of an exclusive here, which, um, you know, that's always good. That's always good. So I don't know who wants to start, but what's going on? Dean? <laughs> Okay, so it's over to me then. Let's put the pressure on Dean. Dean, crack on. Uh, no pressure at all, really. Uh, thanks, David, for the introduction as well. Um, uh, the recent announcement of uh, the acquisition of Ruckus by Brocade, as you can imagine, is very exciting for us. Um, it gives us an opportunity to have a complete pure play networking offering out into our channel community. Um, the the uh, addition of a wireless product set is really important for us as we move forward uh, and extends our opportunity into plays and areas that uh, Ruckus have been uh, dominant in, uh, introducing new opportunities for us as, uh, as a Brocade business to also incorporate some of our technologies into their partner community as well. So a um, lot of excitement. There's a, a huge amount of opportunity and we've, we've just met today to, to talk about some of the things that we need to do. As you can imagine, uh, an acquisition of this nature brings a lot of challenges with it, but um, I think everyone's really... Uh, uh, excited to be involved in this and, uh, and and just drive the opportunity forward. Perfect, perfect. So, I mean, from a from an Arrow perspective, as I have three of my Arrow, Arrow colleagues here, um, what does it mean for our partners? Obviously, from a from a Ruckus perspective and from a Brocade perspective. I mean, what are you, what are the partners saying, or is it, is it still too early, or where are we? I mean, it is quite early, but I think um, the main thing that we can offer our partners 
from an arrow perspective is, as Steve said earlier, is that we are at the moment the only distributor from which you can actually acquire brocade and ruckus. So that's that's a big thing in terms of continuity of service that we can offer. Um, in terms of where we are, it is very early days. I think people are excited to hear what's going to happen, but it's just a case really of waiting and, and seeing what comes out of the meetings that are being taken place between, between Marcus and Brocade at the moment. Brilliant. Perfect. And I think our challenge at the moment uh, is to make it as simple as possible for our partners to access uh, you know, both, both product lines, uh, which is what we've been discussing today. Uh, again, fantastic opportunity in partners where we're not particularly uh, strong with, with um, Ruckus at the minute and the great relationships that Brocade have in those partners. It's going to enable us to offer those guys, uh, as Dean said, uh, you know, an end-to-end solution incorporating yeah. wireless absolutely yeah i think you know we've got two very independent successful brands within our yeah. and, and to bring them both together gives us a real massive opportunity to go out to the channel to concentrate on, on different markets maybe that, that we haven't looked at individually um and, and bring it all together so yeah again really really excited fantastic and i must admit i'm a personal big fan of ruckus we've uh, <laughs> literally sean's smiling because she's been through this pain with me as well uh, we've literally just deployed uh, Ruckus into our new London office. So um, we've gone for a Ruckus end-to-end solution because it absolutely beat the uh, pants off of uh, just about every other solution we could find or, or that we wanted to deploy. Um, so we've gone for, if I'm not mistaken, um, all the analytical capabilities and also the, um, I don't want to say tracking because it sounds a little bit creepy. Football monitoring. Football monitoring. I don't know if that's just as creepy, actually. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think the football sounds creepy to me. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> Basically, the ability to... So, what we're going to get out of our Ruckus install, and, and the reason the Ruckus is so important to me as, a, as almost an, an end user of the product, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and sort of implementing it into our new build is because it gives me the ability to monetize the Wi-Fi system and actually go and, and, and create statistics that I can actually present QBRs and... A, and, a, and sort of a, um, vendor and partner meetings and say, this is how many times you've been in, this is where you've been, and this is exactly sort of the value that I'm offering you from my facilities. So, I mean, from my, from my perspective, uh, in an end user sort of capacity, I'm blown away by the product. So, I mean, so, I mean Dean, obviously, from your perspective, being sort of historically brocade, um, where do you see the opportunity um, in your existing brocade partners? I mean, is it something that you guys can go and very easily sort of upsell into? or? Yeah, absolutely, David. I think we've got, um, with the trading partner community we have with brocade products on the IP side currently, there's definitely opportunity. Uh, if you speak to some of our larger partners for a while now, they've been talking about we're a brocade with IP, and, and we've partnered with, uh, sorry, excuse me, with um, Wireless, mm. and we've partnered with a number of the uh, major wireless partners over the years as well, and, and indeed Ruckus has been one of those partners where a lot of integration work has been done already yeah. to enable the products to work together seamlessly. So actually, post-acquisition, a lot of the work that ordinarily would have to take place has already, has already taken place to a, a lesser or greater degree. Um, I think we've got some uh, immediate short-term opportunities where we can look at soft soft um, bundles where we can uh, pitch you know a, a, a batch of APs with uh, some, some uh, wide switching uh, and I think um, from a longer term and a broader base perspective in terms of um, uh, meeting some customer demand we can incorporate the Brocade Network subscription uh, which enables effectively organisations to buy uh, Brocade hardware as a service and that's also available wow. to Ruckus today um, so effectively an organisation can buy 
access to Brocade kit on an OPEX basis as well as CAPEX. Fantastic. And we think that's a real winner in the market. There's no one that's got yeah. a solution like that. Uh, well, and we certainly intend to use it. I must admit, Brocade is one of these brands that when I first started in the IT channel was very much sort of synonymous with sand fabrics. Yep. And, um, you know, as, as, the, as the markets evolved, as, as the sort of... What, what is required to remain relevant in the industry is required as it sort of evolved. Brocade has absolutely been one of these vendors that stayed completely at the forefront. You know, the acquisition of Foundry Networks, oh, I don't know how many years ago that was, obviously bringing in a big IP capability. Uh, eight, eight years now. Eight years, mm. blimey. Absolutely. I would say it seems like yesterday. Do you feel old, David? <laughs> <laughs> For the first time, yes. <laughs> um, and obviously the uh, acquisitions from Riverbed recently of um, yep. the load balancing and things like that and optimization. Now, Ruckus, it's just it's a it's a really 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 good story. There is a there is a strong portfolio now, and uh, uh, Brocade has actually made um, I think six acquisitions in the last four years um, since the Foundry acquisition, and that's really centred around making sure that our um, our software offering is is moving in yeah. the right direction. There's a lot around that in terms of uh, software defined networking, network function virtualization. Uh, network monitoring and analytics yeah. is a key area into some of the global carriers. So there's a lot of investment that's gone into uh, building the portfolio of products, <coughs> excuse me, fit for purpose for the future markets, not just for today. Um, Ruckus is an excellent acquisition as far as I'm on a personal level. Uh, and it gives us an opportunity to really do a lot of things that we haven't had the chance to do before. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. So as I've got you all here, and now we finish the uh, the important bit, we thought we'd play a bit of a game. Ooh. So you may have noticed I've had a, a black envelope passed to me. Um, and this black envelope contains uh, some fun. Now, we decided we, were, uh, we basically wanted to, uh, to do a bit of a game, a bit of, a, bit of, a bit of fun, a bit of lightheartedness. You've sent fun too many times. <laughs> I have, I have. Making me I have, because someone's trying to desperately find the, uh, there we go, the right pieces of paper in a row. Talk between yourselves. Okay, so... Essentially, it's a game of higher and lower. Okay. Ah, higher and lower on... Well, I shall read it. It's called Fern's Stats Are Right. Here we go. It's a quiz based on UK government 2015 information security breaches surveyed across with PwC and InfoSecurity Europe. So not just my own sort of crazy head wow. um, going on. So basically I have 10 questions and you guys need to figure out whether or not we were higher or lower. I'm just going to have to ask my producer one very quick thing. Do I start from the bottom or the top? From the top. Is it, is it a group exercise? It's or? absolutely a group okay. exercise. Save the king till last. You can say... you can. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's just given away the last question. Uh, okay, so basically, I'm is it king? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, dear, dear! All good fun. All right. Anyway, so I want you to tell me whether or not you think the breach was higher or lower than the previous breach. So, question number one. Obviously, this is the leading. Lead Are the number of security breaches in the UK organisations higher or lower in 2015 than in 2014? Are we higher? So did we have more or less security breaches in 2015 I think than we more. did in 2014? I think more. 
Higher. You need to start higher. on a number, sure. Higher. 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 Higher, higher, higher. It was higher. Then nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one didn't necessarily work. We didn't do right. this in rehearsal. Doesn't matter, right? So, so nine percent. So we had a nine percent increase last year um, to ninety percent of organisational breaches. Now I'm going to put that there. Higher or lower than a queen, then? Higher or lower than a queen? Now it could be an ace. Remember, could be an ace. Okay, so compared to ninety percent of large organisations, small were small organisation breaches. Higher or lower than 2015? So in 2014, was it higher or lower? I'd say lower. I'd say lower, but only based on the queen. Oh, only based on the queen. <laughs> lower. We should have started with a two. That is that is, that tricked him. So we got higher. <laughs> what we got? What we got? You've got, got three, three lowers. Lower, three lower. lowers, and we are lower. Oh, only just. Only just. At 74 percent. So there you go. So we all. <laughs> this is why we d- I've just dropped the cards I've just dropped the card listeners it's all going wrong Darren Brown's not too concerned is he <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh sorry we've got in- interlude um, it's the producer here and I spent a long time putting those cards in order <laughs> so I'm really glad you just dropped them all over the floor uh, I-, I think I dropped them in one pile though oh okay well we'll find well, out we'll in a minute we'll see, we'll see if it's higher or lower alright so compared to 74% Higher or lower, how many respondents expect more security incidents in 2016? I'd say higher. Uh, higher. I'm going to go out on a limb. Higher than a jack. Lower! Oh! Right now we all well. feel stupid, I don't tol- we? I told you it was lower, Mark. <laughs> Mark? Never listen to you me. Are going to come join us? So we, we, have, we have... Oh, excuses, excuses. All right, so... Okay, so 59% of responded, so respondents expected this. So compared to uh, compared to 59%, higher or lower, how many respondents um, use HMG's 10 steps to cybersecurity guidelines? Who knows what HMG is? Nope. Sean doesn't. Thanks, Dave. Producer? <laughs> this is going fantastically well. Should we just play higher or lower than, than eight? Come on, Brucey. Come lower. on, Bruce. Higher. <laughs> higher. Lower. Higher. It's lower. Oh. <laughs> You're getting um, excited. FYI, uh, po- <laughs> answers, answers on a postcard to exactly what HMG is. All right, next. Um, compared to 32% higher or lower, how many organisations were hit by a denial of service in 2015? It's got to be higher. Oh, it's yeah. got to be higher, yeah. Got to be higher. It's got to be 80% plus. 80% plus. Going for a bonus, bonus mark there. I get bonus. Yeah, if you hit that. <laughs> That's a pun oh, there. I didn't give you bonus points. Ready? Lower. No. Wow. So, <laughs> DOS was, uh, was not that prolific. Well, that is quite surprising. Yeah. Um, okay, so it was lower by 20, 26%. 26% of people were hit by DOS attacks last year. I said 80% wouldn't be. Did I misunderstand the question? <laughs> Cheeky sod. Um, so, compared to 26%, higher or lower, how many companies were there where the security policy was poorly understood had staff-related data breaches? Now, that's an interesting one. Higher or lower than 26%? Well, 26% or a 6? Up to you. Higher. Higher. So, basically, 
how many staff were stupid enough to end up allowing data breaches? Loads. Yeah, higher. I'd, I'd get, Outside I, I, of Arrow, higher. I'm going to be honest. I, I've not even looked at the answer, and I'm going to say higher. <laughs> Dean? Higher. Higher. It is higher. No! It's lower. It's lower. <laughs> <laughs> this makes great radio, people. That's oh. all I've got to say. As a three of hearts. I, I always preferred hard? blockbusters after so. <laughs> Poor Brucey. Poor Brucey, yeah. <laughs> Dean wants a pee, please, Bob. That's what happens when you uh, drop, drop them on the, the cards. <laughs> I'd also like to have a little producer's note of HMG is Her Majesty's Government. Ah. Oh. Of course it is. <laughs> Can't well, believe the host didn't know that. Now you see the hostess with the, with the least, that's for sure as hell. <laughs> all right. Higher. All right. So, you will all be pleased to know we're almost finished. Uh, okay, so 72% of organisations had a data-related br- data or a, a, or a employee-related data breach in 2015. So compared to 72%, higher or lower, how many respondents uh, reported s- that senior management place... Ah, a very high priority on security. So I was getting... Is it high priority and higher or lower? I was getting a little bit confused. I apologise. It's been a long day already. If, if I understand the question right, <laughs> I'd hope it's higher. <laughs> I'd hope it's higher. So, do we think everyone has a, a, a boss that has a high priority on security? Absolutely. Higher than, yeah. higher than 72%? Yes. Ooh. Higher? You're yeah. correct. Ooh, I've got all freestyle on the pack of cards now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm stuffed now because I've no idea what the last two are. I'm so sorry, Hannah. I've absolutely <laughs> killed this. She spent she spent all of an hour or so yesterday planning this. <laughs> all right, almost now. Puts we're almost there. We're battling through. We've got two more questions to go. Okay, so 82% of uh, of staff think that their boss cares about security, which is important. So compared to 82%, higher or lower, how many respondents carried out security risk assessments in 2014? So, if people care about security, they should be carrying out security response. Higher or lower than a king? Lower. Lower. Absolutely lower. You are correct. It is Woo! lower. For those of you who can't see, that's a three. <laughs> Which is all of you, because you listen to this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and, Where's finally, so 32% hand? of organisations in 2014 carried out security risk assessments. 32%? 32%. Very low. Pretty poor, isn't it? Pretty poor. Hold on one second. We have a last-minute joinee, Mr. Dave Ashton. Dave. Afternoon all. Afternoon all. So, Dave, you've joined us for the last question of higher or lower um, in the quiz. Is it, is it regarding Mark's IQ? <laughs> Harsh. Harsh. Immediately. Immediately in there with the insults. Because right. obviously the answer would be lower because I can see a three up there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I, I apologise, listeners. This is live. We are absolutely in a live audience. People are coming on, giving us abuse. It, it is what it is. We can't help. We can't, you know, in the community and all that. All right, so compared to 32%, higher or lower, how many respondents are confident that they have sufficient security skills to manage risk in 2016? Higher. Higher than 32%. Higher. I'd like you to repeat the question. (laughs) (laughs) Compared to 32%, which was the answer for the previous question, Ah, which you missed because you weren't here. There's a bit of knowledge I didn't have. 
higher or lower, how many respondents are confident they have sufficient security skills to manage risk in 2016? Lower. It has to be a group decision. No, it doesn't. You can have individual decisions. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now she was like, I'd have answered totally differently. Yeah. Still lower. Still lower. To be fair, Dave was the only one that didn't see the cards when you dropped them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! All right, so it is. You didn't have. <laughs> yeah, there's a long list. Higher. And I have one last statistic, which isn't actually on the piece of paper, but I have a spare card. I'm pretty sure I've missed out a question somewhere. It's, it's lower. Once again, Bob. I apologise profusely. Um, was the cost of breaches in 2014 higher or lower? Oh, I said, Queen. This is a rubbish question. Higher or lower than in 2015? So was the cost to organisations of data breaches, of hacking, or of, of exposure higher or lower? Well, obviously lower. Even though there were more of them, that was a previous question, right? There was more of them. But yeah, was it was a cost per breach, though, that I was looking at. Not cost no, per breach. No, you're right. Cost, cost to the, the estimated cost to the industry of breaches, the IT industry, in 2015. Was it higher or lower than 2014? Oh, Higher. higher. Actually, it was lower. So more, but uh, less catastrophic. More precisely. More breaches because we've increased the, control, the, the attack surface, but because we can catch them sooner and because we can mitigate them faster, the cost and the, uh, the risk was lower. Or because and you're last You've gone off piece, don't you? I have gone off piece, but I actually happen to know that statistic, and that's a good one. Anyway, with that, I would like to thank all of my members of this... Uh, of this um, auspicious auspicious podcast <laughs> thank you very very much guys much appreciated Brocade Ruckus Brocade EMC that's that's, that's, that's an extra plug that's Thanks an extra that. plug I'd like to thank Fujitsu <laughs> they don't buy Ruckus <laughs> you don't sell it properly <laughs> <laughs> on that note thank you very much guys and uh, yeah we shall catch you all soon Thanks, thank baby. you cheers guys bye, bye. Oh, I enjoyed that <laughs> and that's part one of our Arrow Bandwidth InfoSec special. Tune in next week for more of this. <laughs> this is why we d- I've just dropped the cards. <laughs> I've just dropped the card, listeners. It's all going wrong. Darren Brown's not too concerned, is he? <laughs> yeah. We hope you enjoyed the show. Your host was David Fern, and your producers were Hannah Jenny and Julie Stevens. Check out our Arrow blog, link in the description, for all the show notes and guest contact details. Thanks for listening.